Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. And I'm Brian. And it's Christmas time! Hooray! We made it! The season of Advent is upon us! Huzzah! I like this time of year. It's a fun time. Brian likes all times of year equally because he's a very level-headed person, whereas I'm me. Um, But one of the things that I'm excited about is that we get to give special attention to the birth narrative and surrounding texts of Jesus' birth. And so what we are going to do over the next uh, month or so is take a look at particular passages of Scripture that have to do with Christmas or Christmas themes, and uh, the hope is that you will join along with us and we'll just have a little Bible study. Does that sound good to you, PB? So we're going to be talking about Santa Claus and Rudolph and all that? Is that what we're going to do? All that good biblical content. Excellent. <laughs> Though, I was going to save this for later, but since you brought it up, we might as well get it started out. Can you just give us a real quick, because I know we have parents who listen to this podcast, just pastoral thoughts on, on how you handle the Santa Claus subject. Is he a wonderful character to involve in the Christmas time because he can be a figure of Christ? Or, you know, Brian, if you rearrange the letters of Santa, you get Satan. And so you shouldn't even... Bring, just real quick, shooting from the hip, what, what are your thoughts on how Christian parents should handle Santa? Well, Santa Claus is based on a early Christian uh, pastor named Saint, who is the church has named St. Nicholas. Um, played a played a role in one of the early church uh, councils and and so as far as parents and I, you know, I, we certainly don't want to teach our children that Santa Claus is the reason for the season or anything of that nature um, I I don't have any big strong opinion about you know it, it's certainly not something to say oh, oh my goodness you just doomed your children to hell if you if you're allowing them to believe in a Santa Claus um, or a tooth fairy or any other or mm. um, such uh, mythical creature um, but we, we do want to teach our children that Christmas is about Christ and and if, if, if you have an enjoyable time in your child's imagination about the mythical Santa Claus then well then that's fine but don't don't make him the reason for the season that's helpful. I appreciate that. And yeah, and if you're interested in a fun time, look up uh, Saint Nicholas and uh, the role that he played. Because uh, depending on what tradition you believe, maybe it was, a, it was a bit more of an interesting role than others. But uh, all right. So hopefully you've had enough time to grab your he's, Bible he's by now. Supposedly punched somebody out at one of the church councils. Just that. for the for the record. So that's <laughs> that was the spoiler, Pastor Brian. Well, well now, but now they're going to want us to. Otherwise, they're like, why would I look that up? <laughs> Like a brawl happened, so this was pre-Baptist business meeting, and there was a <laughs> brawl that broke out of one of these things. It's like, yeah. Indeed. Oh, my word. All right. So, uh, dear listener, Matthew 1 is where we're going to be today, uh, looking at the first 17 verses. This is the genealogy of Jesus. So these are the first words of our New Testament, and what a way to start it off. Um, so I'm going to read this passage, and before I do, I'm going to ask for your forgiveness for my inability to pronounce some of these names. But... Matthew 1, 1 1-17. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nation, and Nation the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. 
and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliad, and Eliad the father of Eliezer, and Eliezer the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were fourteen generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, fourteen generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, fourteen generations. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So Pastor Brian, to, to get us started, why did we just spend the better part of three minutes reading all these names? And the even bigger question to that is, why does Matthew begin his gospel with this giant list of names? Well, why is this the beginning of our New Testament? This is the beginning of our New Testament to show that Jesus was indeed the one who was promised from the time of Abraham and actually even pre-time of Abraham all the way back to Genesis 3.15 uh, that Jesus is that one who was promised to the Jewish people and so here's the, the genealogy and the genealogy figures prominently in that we know that this one is going to be somebody who's in the lineage of David the king um, we know as well that he is um, a true Israelite so mm -hmm. he is from Abraham and so this genealogy is an affidavit, if you will, that, that Jesus is the one who he claims to be. He's God's promised Messiah. Wonderfully said. And then we also know, reading through the rest of Matthew, that Matthew goes to great uh, lengths to show how Jesus is connected to the Old Testament time. And again, we see Matthew say, and this happened to fulfill what was written. And this fulfilled over and over again. Matthew was reminding us that Jesus is not just showing up out of the blue, but that he is the key piece in God's great plan throughout history, um, starting, as you said, way back in Genesis 3 when he made that promise to, to crush the head of that serpent. Well, thank you for that, Pastor Brian. I uh, just want to just pick your brain on, on these 17 verses. Um, just what stands out to you? What do you want to comment on? Anything in particular of note from this genealogy that catches your eye that our dear listeners might benefit from? So very important in this genealogy that we don't see in other genealogies is the very prominent role that women play in yeah. this genealogy. So there's a reference to Tamar, there's a reference to um, uh, Rahab, a reference to Ruth, a reference to uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and so... Bathsheba as well. And Bathsheba. Or without the wife of Uriah. The, the wife of Uriah, exactly, not, not by name, but by implication, the wife of Uriah. And so, yeah, very prominent role uh, that they play. Interesting as well that all of these women, at least by the world, would have been accused of some type of sexual impropriety. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them, uh, perhaps rightly so, Rahab was a prostitute, and so uh, she would have been accurately uh, described as somebody of sexual impropriety. But nevertheless, God used these women, and these women are in the bloodline 
of Jesus, our Savior, to just a, a, a beautiful picture that God, you know, no matter no matter what sin you've committed in your life, it doesn't mean that you are beyond the use of God. God can use you, um, so men or women. So mm-hmm. we're talking about women here, but uh, certainly all of these men don't have uh, sterling records uh, yeah. either. Case in point with David, so at the end of verse 6, and David, the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. I find it fascinating that Matthew put white, because he could, he knew her name. He could have said, and David, the father of Solomon, by Bathsheba, but no. He put, by the wife of Uriah, just to remind us of David's failing and sin in this way, that rather than uh, his own wife, David saw this woman and said, I want her. I don't care that she's married. I want her. Um, and so just, I just think that's really interesting that Matthew kind of brings David's sin in front of us by that description of Bathsheba as opposed to just using her name. So, uh, Pastor Brian, it says uh, 14 generations between Abraham to David and 14 generations between David and Babylon and then 14 generations between Babylon and Jesus. But, you know, I, I went back through the Chronicles and Genesis and I counted more than 14. Does, does this mean that the Bible is wrong? When did you do that? We've been sitting here. I didn't see you do that. <laughs> that quick. That quick. He's he's got that. He's got that encyclopedic mind. As he was reading, he was doing this. It's kind of like those computers that have quad core processors. <laughs> Brian's got a quad core brain up there. He's while he's reading, he is by quad core brain. You mean four functioning brain cells? Then yes, that is an accurate description. <laughs> so, Brian. Uh, so, what was your question again? So, oh, so yeah, so this genealogy is not meant to be an exhaustive genealogy. It's, it's meant to, again, it's to illustrate a point about who Jesus is. He's not saying that, and so oftentimes when, uh, when the scripture says, and so-and-so was the father of so-and-so, um, oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes they're not referring to um, a, a, you know, one generation to the next generation. It means that, so... Jews today, for example, would call Abraham their father. Uh, well, obviously, Jews today weren't literally sired by Abraham. They were, they mean that he is an ancestor in their tradition, um, and so father doesn't necessarily mean when when we read this and so and so was the father of so and so, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, this is an exhaustive genera- uh, genealogy. Uh, we, we see that in particular. So here it only starts with Abraham. Um, next week we'll be talking about Luke's genealogy, maybe. I don't know. We're going to be talking about Luke's gospel. And, and there it goes all the way back to Adam. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and we've gotten into some uh, interesting debates about how old the earth is because they'll say, well, here's the genealogy all the way back to Abraham. So the earth can't be any older than X, Y, or Z, yeah. um, which um, there, it's not an exhaustive genealogy. No, I, th- I think that's really helpful to keep that perspective in mind. We're, we're not to use this to count backwards and figure out all things. This is meant to point us to the fact that Jesus is, as Pastor Brian said earlier, the true Israelite, that he is of the line of David. He is the promised Messiah. And so this, in its original context, would have given us just a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge, um, preparing us to read the, uh, the next uh, 27 and a half chapters. So, Pastor Brian, before we start to bring this to a close, anything else that you want to make sure that you, you point out, that you pick up on um, from this genealogy? So, I would just encourage our listeners to understand that genealogies are important. Uh, sometimes, 
we can get through and we can read a genealogy and we go, oh yeah, so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so, and then we find where it begins and then we quickly scan down to where it ends and we don't bother reading um, anything in between because either we can't figure out how to pronounce a name or uh, we think it's unimportant, but uh, just to remind us that every word, uh, every syllable in the scripture is inspired by God. And so it's there for our profit, for our good. And so to spend time reading it and understanding something about it. Now, some of these people that are mentioned in here, the only thing we know about them is that they're mentioned here. Hmm. Uh, we don't know anything more about them. Uh, others in this list, though, we know things about. And so just to spend some time saying, you know, understanding something about that person's life and how God used them in the grand scope of history and to understand that Sometimes we need to just back away, if you will, from the scripture, and you know, we expect to see, you know, expect to see things happen all the time, or else, you know, we when we try to find our own place in scripture, you know, we're saying, well, I don't see this happening, I don't see this happening. Mm -hmm. Well, from the perspective of say Obed, um, you know, he doesn't, you know, for Obed, J David is his grandson. Um, and so D Obed in his lifetime doesn't see this grand fulfillment but when you look at Obed all of a sudden you start backing away from Obed and then you say ah and Obed Father Jesse and Jesse Father David and now oh, okay now things are starting to pieces are beginning to fit in place and so sometimes we need to have that more grand narrative look even in our own day and time uh, to recognize that uh, that that we're that we're playing a part in God's story. Um, we not we may not play the part of David, or mm -hmm. we may not even play the part of Obed, uh, but we're playing a part. And and sometimes you just have to back up and look and say, yeah, even if it's a small bit part, even if it's just a cameo appearance in God's grand story, we're playing a part in it. That's a wonderful word, a super helpful way to approach reading genealogies, and I think a great note to end on. So uh, thank you for your time. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. I'm certainly looking forward to the uh, coming uh, Bible studies where we have together. Um, so thank you, PB, for your wisdom on this. Uh, listeners, if you have questions about uh, either this passage or about upcoming ones, by all means, let us know. We'd be happy to incorporate uh, your questions into our discussion. Um, be sure to join us next week as we continue uh, reading through uh, some of these Christmas-themed stories. Um, but for now, thank you for listening. This has been the PHBC Pastors Podcast.